midfielder. Can he tee up someone in red? And it goes towards Lundgren! Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and I have Mr. Santa Claus himself, Logan Stump. Ho, ho, ho. And head elf, Matt Hartgrove. That's not a, that's not a joke that's on your a, short height, short but, that, but it, it worked out. <laughs> no, you could say it's a short joke. It's okay. <laughs> I'm leaving oh, for this episode. Perfectly. Bye, guys. <laughs> Uh, so hopefully everybody has had a good holiday. Um, anybody that's listening to it, whatever holiday you celebrate, hopefully you had some good time. We have the new year coming up here, which means more soccer games, even after this Boxing Day weekend we just had. It's pretty much games after games after games during this time of year. And, uh, man, some big things have happened this week, some more Top four changes, uh, top eight changes, really. Uh, so let's get into it here. We got Leicester City faced off against Manchester United at 7.30 on Boxing Day. Started off with 23 minutes in, Marcus Rashford scoring to give United the lead. Then 31 minutes, uh, Barnes scores for Leicester. Then 79 minutes in, Bruno Fernandes scores for United. And then in the 85th minute, a known goal from Alex Twanzebe, uh, if I said that right, for uh, to give Leicester uh, the draw. Um, so that keeps uh, that has Leicester in third at this point, Manchester United in fourth, but it stops Manchester United from kind of gaining on that top two spots at the time um, during that, which was which is great because I kind of don't want them to get up there. But Logan, you woke up early for this one, uh, right? I saw you tweeting about it. How, uh, how was this match? And I guess uh, your thoughts on either of these two teams. Yeah. So United, unfortunately, (laughs) are my neighbors. Um, They, they, they're starting to play pretty well. And, they're getting goals now and, and not relying so much on penalties, which is what they've done in, in past years. But um, they, I don't know. They really start. They're, they're starting to look really good. Uh, Bruno Fernandez, as long as he stays healthy, uh, I think United are easily a top four team. Uh, I think is where we were thinking Arsenal might be up there gunning for those spots. I think, I think United have pretty much played their way into the conversation of being people that are, um, I wouldn't say, going to challenge Liverpool, but I'd say they challenge the rest of the table because I'm not sure in a game against Liverpool they'd do so well against uh, them. And I do think that they would struggle against some of these other teams. But 
just because defensively, I don't think they're as sound as they need to be to be top two. Um, I do think they'll challenge for fourth, but this is, again, I think a pretty good test as to where they are in the table. I think Leicester and United are pretty even. Um, and watching the match, it was kind of that that, that thought. Um, and any time that Vardy's out there and doesn't score, uh, you just kind of, you know, pat yourself on the back because he's been scoring like crazy. But again, this was a, one of those games that it, it looked like a top two or top four team uh, playing against each other. So it was a pretty decent match. Uh, so Matt, uh, your thoughts on Leicester city or Manchester United here, as like I said, Leicester stays above them in third by one point. They're at 28 points, Manchester United in fourth with 27 points. Uh, Liverpool will get to them in a bit, have 38 with a uh, 32. Sorry. It's giving them six more points there. And Everton, <laughs> Everton with 29. So it's really kind of bunching up there in the top eight is really only separated by seven points. Uh, your thoughts mm-hmm. on uh, Leicester grabbing that late equalizer and how that affects these uh, top four. You know, you know, I, I also was able to, I woke up a little bit before, after the game started. I, you know, I'm, they're very similar teams. I felt, watching it i i don't think either one is is particularly better than the other one when you are watching them i think united is a much better counter-attack team and that that's kind of where they they make their that's kind of where they get all their 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 goals from they with fernandez being possibly one the best midfielder in premier league i think when he's playing they're always a, a threat to score but their defense, I think, is what is going to hurt them. Um, their goals, they gave up goals off of just poor defensive mistakes. And, you know, Vardy, even though he pretty much did nothing all game until that goal, he still, you give him a bit of space and he's going to end up scoring. But, you know, they're just two very similar teams in terms of what you can expect from result-wise. So a I'm not shocked with a draw, and honestly, when I was watching it, I felt Leicester played just a little bit better, and I thought they were kind of hard done by just really good, really good play from the midfield of United, specifically Fernandez. Um, and then when Cavani comes in, him and Cavani are such a great duo. It seems like, I and Cavani might be best used as that super sub because I, I think having him come on 20 minutes or so is such a, a threat to teams. Um, but you know, I, I, again, they're very similar teams, but I, I think a draw was a good result here between these two. All right, let's move on to the next game. Uh, Aston Villa 3, Crystal Palace nil. That was the 10 a.m. match. Five minutes in, Traore scores for Villa. Then uh, 45 minutes in, there's a red card for Mings on Villa. Uh, so that left an opening for Crystal Palace, who did not... <laughs> take that opening and uh, 66 minute house scores for Villa and then El Ghazi scores for Villa in the 76 minute to make it three nil. Uh, Logan, we all laughed at you earlier in the year about palace, but to your credit, they are in that mix now of maybe relegation. They're still seven points above Fulham, but they're only one point above Arsenal, and uh, the negative nine goal differential. Uh, it's not looking great for them. 
Yeah, I think unfortunately for my predictions and maybe fortunately for Crystal Palace, at least they've got some players that I think can score goals and get them out of relegation. I, I think Zaha can play. There, there's certain games where he'll play that he'll just be better than everybody on the pitch, and I think that's a big difference. Now, that being said, I know there were some rumblings early on uh, back when, what was it, August or September? When was when was the beginning of this season? Because that's when the, they were talking September. about him. Was it September? Okay, so, um, you know, starting back then, they were talking about uh, possibly seeing him on the move, and I know that he's had some uh, problems within. I think there's some internal problems with him. Um, but yeah, I think they just struggled to do anything without Saha. It, it becomes one of those one-man show. Because um, Benteke, he'll play every once in a while and play well. But besides that, they just really don't seem to have much in the way of you know being one of those bottom-half teams. Um, uh, do they get relegated or get near that? I don't think they do. Uh, just because there are some teams that are just really bad. But uh, I don't know. It just depends, I think, on how well Zaha can can carry the team. Because if he doesn't carry them, then you are looking at them getting down towards that 15 or 16, I think. Matt, your your thoughts here on uh, Aston Villa, who uh, are, you know, with their games in hand here, they're in seventh place. They have two games in hand still and can pull within one point of Liverpool if they win both of those matches. How worried are you about Aston Villa, the team that decimated you 7-2? to two? <laughs> right, they're, they're definitely talented. I, I think as the season continues on, the lack of games that they're probably going to have to play based between you know the, the top teams that are currently in group uh, knockout stages in, in Europe, Europa and Champions League, they definitely have a, a chance to keep themselves up there. Um, I, you know, Palace, they honestly, Palace just looked again completely overwhelmed. So I, I'm not shocked at the scoreline after uh, watching the second half of that game. I felt like every time I looked up, there was another counterattack. Um, and that's kind of what Villa did, especially after that red card. And they're, uh, they have some really talented attacking players. So I, I do think you're going to start seeing them more and more likely be they're, they're They'll be in the top half of the league for the season. Um, can they maintain, you know, top four? I, I don't know for certain just yet. I you know Grealish has been playing great. Ali Watkins, you know, besides the game against Liverpool, he's definitely, he, if he starts finishing better, uh, besides that game against Liverpool, he's definitely struggled a little bit with finishing, even though he's he scored a few goals. Um, they could definitely keep themselves in the, you know, top four, top six range, um, especially with how some of the teams in the top are playing. But I, I don't want to say it just yet because I, I know how much more of the season there is to go. And I still just looking at their defense, I'm not fully, I'm not fully buying in on their defense until I, it just needs to continue happening. I feel like a lot of it's just Mart- Martinez making great saves. Um, so if he continues that, then they'll, they'll stay where they're at. But if he's, uh, just dips in form just a little bit, I think you're going to see them go through a pretty rough stretch. Yeah. That's what like, you know, we'll get to the Chelsea match here against Arsenal, but people were saying like, look, if we drop points against Villa, then they'll start questioning Frank more and stuff. And I'm like, but Villa has been really good this year. I don't know if that's the one to be like. 
I think the Arsenal ones to start the ones start really questioning uh, stuff. Not I, I know that Villa is not usually as good as they are this year, but like if Chelsea loses to them, I don't think that's as big of a deal as losing to Arsenal, uh, which we'll get to in just a second. Fulham nil, Southampton nil uh, here. Um, from what I saw of this one, Fulham had a great few chances to win the match against Southampton. And the pool themselves, you know, um, probably close to out of the relegation zone. Let me just pull up the standings here. That would have been, um, you know, three points. Uh, yeah, that would have put them over Burnley. Uh, but they were not able to come up with that uh, victory. Southampton... You know, didn't look uh, super great uh, against Fulham. Fulham has been playing better recently. Uh, you know, they, they did well against Liverpool. They're, you know. Uh, so I, I think Fulham has a shot at getting out of this relegation mess that they're in currently. Uh, but they really probably needed three points here, Logan, to help help them out in that. Yeah, they, they, they've got games where they really need three points. Um and this was one that I felt like, like you said, they had good chances to win. And it was at Craven Cottage, and they've played well. They've played well at home. Um, and these are opportunities that you look back on when you're relegated and go, "Yeah, the, these were chances we had to pull out three points that could have easily separated us." Because um, they even looked good against Liverpool when they were there, and that that they had opportunities there to get three, um, which sounds crazy, but. Um, again, I think there's five teams when you really look at it. Uh, I don't think Arsenal stays down in that area as much fun as that is um, to just keep track of, at least on the outside looking in. But, you know, I think Brighton and Burnley um, are, are going to be down there at the bottom too. Um, and right now, I think if you look at it, Burnley and Fulham are playing the best out of those five. Um, and I actually think Fulham's probably playing the best out of all of them. So, it, you know, but if you look back on it, these this is somewhere where you need to collect three points, even though Southampton had been playing pretty well recently. So, uh, Matt, any thoughts on Fulham or Southampton before we move on to Arsenal, Chelsea? Uh, not really anything to add on. I, I didn't get to watch much of the game, but I, I mean, I agree with Logan, and that's in a game like this where you're in it the whole time. For a team like Fulham, you would really like to see yourself get the three points, especially with it. It definitely doesn't seem like the talent level is very. It, it doesn't seem like there's a huge gap in talent between some of the top teams and, and the bottom teams at this point that we're seeing. So, in a way, it would be an upset, but also with how the season's gone, I don't think Fulham beating Southampton at Fulham is as big of an upset as it might be in a normal year. Um, so, yeah, just. They, they'll be upset they don't get the points. And that, with Southampton, honestly, some of these road games that we're seeing, it's you get a point, and you, you probably should be happy with it at this point in the season. Moving on to Arsenal uh, versus Chelsea. <laughs> Here's our predictions. Logan, what the hell were you thinking? 4-0 Chelsea victory is what Logan had here, Did if you remember right? that. <laughs> and me and Matt had two nil Chelsea victory here. You had the right number of goals, Logan. Just distribute it way incorrectly. Thirty-four oh, minutes that's in. That's what I thought you were asking. <laughs> Thirty-four minutes in, Lacazette scores a penalty for Arsenal. Uh, even before that, they they were looking much the better side. 
44 minutes in, uh, Xhaka scores a great free kick for Arsenal. 56 minutes in, Saka scores what had to have been a cross uh, that ended up into the back of the net. Um, An 85th minute in, Chelsea on their first shot on target get Tammy Abraham's goal. And then 90 plus one, a Giorgino missed penalty uh, because he does that stupid hop, skip, and a jump on the uh, on the uh, on the run up. And before he, I think it was earlier this year, at the end of last year, he had like never missed one, and then recently he's been like um m- missed quite a few. Uh, so that was a uh, big problem for Chelsea here. And let me just say, I did have a sinking feeling even before the uh before the first goal goes in i was kind of starting to worry before we even started playing as well actually that there would be a letdown in the sense of arteta plays chelsea well uh we're the ones that handed them the fa cup and uh I can't find this missed penalty uh, highlight. Uh, the The official thing doesn't have it because I was trying to find it. Um, but it was it was a blocked <clears throat> penalty from Georgino uh, because the hop, skip, and a jump didn't work. Uh, he didn't have the goalkeeper bite. They they sat there and waited for the ball. Um, Frank Lampard continually playing players out of position. I know Zayek is injured, but, you know, maybe put Calum uh, Hudson-Odoi on the right, Pulisic on the left, and Werner down the middle, or Werner out of the team. He needs a little bit of a break. Uh, he's He hasn't been doing anything. Uh, at one point, he actually dribbled the ball out of bounds, uh, out of play yesterday, leading to a goal kick. And... It, it it I think he needs a break. If you uh, now it depends on if the rumors are correct, right? The rumors that say that Frank needs to play either Havertz or Werner. I'm not sure if I believe those, but if if it continually happens, maybe I will start believing those, which I think would be stupid to not let your manager make personnel decisions if the players are not performing. Uh I never had any faith that they would be able to come back once it was 2-0. I had actually doubts at 1-0. Even with this, you know, reputation the Chelsea attack has, they just don't ever look like scoring at times. Pulisic was the most deadly player on the field for them. Um, Hudson-Odoi looked good when he came in. And Werner came off at halftime. So it's just... So far, the two Germans that they purchased during the uh, window have been not uh, n- not doing so hot here. Uh, you know, Werner started off okay. Havertz never really has gotten going. I've some real doubts about this team even making top four, as we'll talk about later here. They've dropped down to eighth now. Um, Aston Villa is above them. Aston Villa has the two games in hand. I'm starting to worry. Logan, what was your thoughts on Arsenal versus Chelsea? 
Yeah, if they don't get better games from Werner, I do think you're right. Like, I think in the way that Havertz has just kind of gone on, I mean, he's ghost, basically. Um, and you're right, Pulisic, not, you know, just because us being Americans, he's by far, I think, Chelsea's best player. Um, and when you've got him, even him, and he plays out of position often, you start to wonder what, what Frank's thinking, especially with Werner. Um, if somebody's struggling that much, and there's a lot of stats like there's stats that I looked up and it was 0.86 key passes per nine minutes. But it's, you know, and that's compared to his 1.76 last year. He was having 2.1 or he's now having 2.1 shots per game down from 3.4. Uh, and then he was quoted saying that the physicality of the Premier League has been something he wasn't quite ready or thought that he would be ready for. Um, at least this year. Um, so that's that's kind of concerning. I find that interesting because I don't ever really see him having too no. much issues physicality. He's right. just giving the ball away, over-dribbling at times. I, I mean, ma- not making passes. You know, I, I just don't know. I get that, you know, it's an adjustment for him. But I think it's funny that he says that because, uh, to me, when I'm watching, it's not like anybody's bumping him off the ball a lot of times. He's just straight up giving it away at times. Yeah, and he's out in front all the time. I mean, he's so quick that he's out away from everybody. So I think that even makes it look worse is how quickly he can get away from people. Um, it's kind of like when Sterling struggles. They're so fast that when they do get open space, it just looks really bad when you can't score. Because you're like, how can you not score? You're all alone. You're by yourself. Like, I, I don't get that. So, yeah, I, I would be really concerned um, if I'm Lampard just because – that attack is what's going to ultimately keep you going. And the defense has played pretty well. But when you're playing Chilwell, who's hurt, um, it just seems Frank makes some really weird decisions. And it, it it more than likely will come back to bite him every single time because that seems to be the way that his decisions have gone lately. Right. And he rushed Reese James back, too. When we have Azpilicueta, who was you know, always in the side for a number of years before Reese James, I, I don't know if you needed to rush him back because he doesn't look great um before we get to you matt uh you know we have here the stat that chelsea has not won a game against the teams in the top half of the table and actually they have struggled for goals against teams in the top half as well they scored nothing against liverpool nothing against tottenham nothing against united and nothing against everton so uh, Frank said he's not concerned about that, and now they've only scored one against Arsenal, who is you know battling it out at the bottom here. What are your thoughts on the Chelsea attack and uh, this this Arsenal team that maybe sat some players due to some complaints, due to some internal strife, and they now those young guys go out and win a game? Do they continue to play these young guys? Yeah, the game, it it was such an interesting game because it, it did kind of feel like when the lineups came out that it was going to be one of those, I bet no one expected this. So I, it, it did kind of make me think Chelsea were going to have a tough time because what do some of those players have to lose? They don't get to play very often. So, you know, give it your hardest. And, you know, I, I don't, I think Arteta has to take that into consideration and use the players that are playing well especially players like Martinelli, like these guys need to get their chances and you can bring in your top talent when they're, you know, healthy or whatever happened with them. I think one of them was out due to 
close contact with a, a COVID positive test. Um, so I think it might have been the defender, uh, Gabriel. But I, I think you have to, to take that into consideration because whatever you were doing previously wasn't working. So why not just go ahead and start some of these guys and see what happens? I don't think it could hurt them because <laughs> clearly not starting them put them right above relegation. So you, I don't think they can really drop much further. Um, but in regards to Chelsea's attack, it, it's weird because it looks best when they play players that they didn't sign. You know, watching Pulisic and um, Hudson-Odoi and Giroud and Abraham, I always end up watching them with those guys playing, going, they look so much more threatening than when Werner plays or Havertz plays. Zayek looked good, so I it, it does hurt that he's currently injured. Um, but sometimes, it, I guess maybe... Because of who they sign, they feel obligated. I don't know if Frank feels obligated to play these guys no matter what because of the, the price tag. And he doesn't want to, you know, anger people for not playing the, the higher paid players. But right now, I don't see why you would start any of them. I really don't think anybody that they just recently signed deserves it. So at this point... Play your play. Who's used to playing? That's that seems to be who d- does the best, um, and that's I kind of want to see him do that because I think that will actually help them win a few games. Um, because even when Burner's playing, they just kind of funnel the ball to him as much as they can, and it's not working. I I don't know if he's just it seems just off his game, and then they take somebody off and they bring in Giroud and he scores in five minutes or. Abraham actually looks threatening in front of goal, or even Hudson Adoy when he plays. I'm always impressed with him. So I'd, they just have to kind of go back to what they did last year, I think, and play with some of those players because it's it looks to be working better than force feeding players who are clearly uncomfortable right now. Yeah, that's kind of the big one of the big problems there is that they've been uh, when we when we look at offensively. Um, Werner just non-existent. Havertz hasn't really done anything, uh, you know. So you're relying on on those players, and and Giroud should be probably starting instead of Abraham, even because Abraham's been scoring a lot more like garbage time goals or goals that you know uh, a lot of times don't really end up meaning anything at the end of the day. Um, <clears throat> also, I, I don't think Pulisic uh, is going to start. Uh, tomorrow here because they have a game on Monday. He's had three straight starts in the Premier League, and this is only like 48 hours later. I can't see him playing, uh, so maybe we still do see Werner out there. Uh, but I would like to go maybe with hudson Adoy. I think Frank said he's going to play. Um, and I guess maybe Werner will be on the left, and hopefully like Giroud in the middle just to you know, give Abraham some rest as well. Uh, moving on here, we have Manchester City 2, Newcastle United 0. Uh, Gundahan uh, scoring 14 minutes in for City, then 55 minutes in. Torres scoring for City. Logan, how do you uh, how do you feel about that result over Newcastle? I feel like this is the best game they've played all year. Um, and, you know, it's 2-0, but I still feel like this is something they can look at and go, I mean, they're playing without Walker and they're playing out with Jesus. Um, and it seems like, actually, Torres has been 
much more dangerous in a striker role than he has on the wings, which that's what we brought him over was to play that wing role um, opposite Silva or uh, Sterling. Um, but right now, I mean, I, I feel like their best option until Aguero gets fully fit or if he ever does get fit again to play 90 minutes, um, I feel like Torres is your best option. And the way that Gundogan's played, um, Kinsella was really good. Um, it just felt like a really good, solid performance. John Stones played well. Um, and probably have been their best defender coming into it. Diaz seems to be an anchor. And then it's always nice to have Nathan Ake just sitting over there waiting in the wings to come in and just fill in where needed. Um, Rodri's played well. De Bruyne's coming around. Sterling probably had his best game. So, I mean, I'm really confident in the way that they played against Newcastle. Um, their defense is just so sound. Um, now I think they're up to seven clean sheets, um, which is shocking to say as a City fan that you're – you're you're so adamant about their defense. Um, it, it's it does it looks really good right now. They're playing that double pivot with Gundogan and Rodri, um, who have just played fantastic football. Um, it sucks because Foden has played so well, and but there's just right now the way that Silva's played too. It's just tough to find Foden a spot. And there were reports earlier today that he was that Foden was really upset about his playing time and the way that he's played, and that he has no. Um, no spot, it seems, in the side. So they were talking about different Spanish teams that would be interested in finding a spot for him, um, which would suck. But, again, right now, the way Gundogan's playing, it's it's just hard to replace him, and I think that's where Foden's spot is. So until Gundogan doesn't play well anymore, then I do see Foden being on the outside looking in. Matt, uh, Liverpool are playing Newcastle next, right? Uh, how did you... Uh... How, how do you feel about Newcastle after seeing City beat them 2-0? I don't, I don't know if that's like a trick question because I, I, I don't want to talk bad about them. Do it. Go do it. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I, honestly, like, I, I, I was actually pretty disappointed with Newcastle. I, I had no expectation they were going to win. But they also, they don't look very threatening. They kind of... They look to be playing similar type. Uh, they play. They seem to be playing a similar type of game as all the teams that are below them. Maybe Palace is a little different when Zaha's in. I don't think Palace sit back as much, and I think you can see, you can see that in their score lines. Typically, I feel like they have some really weird ones. But you, you know, Arsenal, Brighton, Burnley, Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield. A lot of these teams just kind of play with as many back as possible and then hope for the best. And it, it kind of felt like that's what I was watching with Newcastle as well. Um, and, you know, with some of the guys that they have out, I mean, they, their team isn't incredibly impressive. I don't, you know, looking at who's starting on their team, I'm not really sure you would see a lot of those guys starting on anybody in the top 10, maybe not even top 12. It, it's, it's a They're good enough because I, I do think they can – handle the teams below them you know even even a team like Arsenal I think they can handle that because those teams play similarly but watching I just it just kind of felt like City could do what they wanted and I never felt like Newcastle had much of a shot even if even if they got near goal I just wasn't impressed and I don't I don't think you're gonna see the very bottom half of the table it just feels like it's filled with a team with the same exact team just with different names I'm taking Palace out of it again because I, I do think they have a slightly different style of play. But 
I really watching these games, I cannot tell you what the difference really between Newcastle, Arsenal, Brighton, Burnley, Fulham, West Brom, Sheffield. I can't really tell you the difference in those teams because they all play the exact same type of style, which the fact that the top 12 really in the Premier League are all slightly more attacking style teams. Maybe Tottenham I'm going to not really put in there because I have my own gripes with them and how they play. I don't think they can beat anybody above them, but I also think they can handle the teams below them enough. They're going to stay in that range, but I, I was pretty disappointed watching them and, I hope that's a good sign for Liverpool, but it's going to be the exact type of game I hate watching when Liverpool play. All right. <clears throat> Let's move on to the last game of Saturday. Sheffield United versus Everton. Everton won. Sheffield United nil. That was at 3 p.m. Uh, Sigur- Sigurdsson uh, scored 80 minutes in to give Everton the win and move them back up to second. They're only three points behind Liverpool as both clubs from uh, Merseyside are at the top, uh, should be a good battle. Uh, Everton have kind of come right back up, uh, Logan. They were kind of drifting there for a bit, but they've put it back together, and they're in second. Yeah, um, (laughs) I will continue to doubt them until they can prove to me uh, that they can beat sides that are more worthy. And they, you know, they beat... It's really weird because they beat Chelsea, but Chelsea's not playing well. They beat Leicester, and Leicester was kind of fizzled. Uh, I, I don't, I'm, I'm just not convinced that they're top two that are going to be chasing down Liverpool. Am I thinking top four? I, I think that there's a good possibility with Chelsea not playing as well as they are that Everton could find that spot in fourth, which would be cool for them because I, I think seeing them in Europe and, and possibly Champions League would be fun to, to see. Um and do I think they can end up there? Absolutely. I think they could end up fourth, maybe third, depending on what United does, because I think United still has a chance where they could go back quiet again. Um, but again, I need to see it in a more, um, I need to see a little bit longer for them. I think if they're sitting there through mid January, then they can start to be talking about, you know, having a Merseyside squabble at the top, um, depending on how Liverpool does as well. Uh, and I think City's coming up. So it'll be interesting. Uh, I give it another couple weeks before I call them title contenders, but they're they're getting there. It, it is a weird thing with them because they just don't. They're not somebody that like you know goes out there and just puts you in awe. But they're a team that just, just seems to be collecting wins when they need them, and that's all you really need to do this season, I think. Uh, Matt, your thoughts on Everton? Um, um, you asked for the game, right? My phone cut out there, so I don't know if you said a specific team. <laughs> I said Everton, but you can give us a whole overview if you want. Uh, you know, well, I mean, honestly, there isn't much to say about Sheffield. Um, because to be fair, they're just, I just won't, I won't think anything different of them until they try to do something different because they, again, do the same thing every game. Um, Everton, you know, I, I don't know. I, I really, can't tell i i think i lean more toward logan's point of view um i don't think they're a top i i don't personally don't think they're a top four team um because I, I don't think you can take results against whether it's a draw or a win i some of these results against, against the bottom few teams in the league seem to be just odd because 
they seem to play the top teams a lot harder than they play the the middle teams. Um, I think we've seen that with all of our teams with Chelsea, you know, Liverpool and City all drawing with multiple ones down there. Um, so I, I just don't really know. Like they're they have injury issues right now, and that's that's gonna that has been affecting them. And honestly, watching the game, they they just kind of seemed level with Sheffield. I didn't actually think any team was gonna break through. I I did think Sheffield's playing tactics were going to save them. Um, but again, at the end, you get one shot and, you know, Sigerson took it and got, got them the three points. But I just don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't see it. I, I don't see them sticking with it um, unless some big things change or they maybe get some depth because I don't think they can. I, I personally don't think they're going to be any match for City tomorrow. Um, I know we'll get to previews, but I just I don't I don't see it with their depth and how they play against higher level teams. They're just not it's just not there yet. Uh, so it's hard. I, I just need to see more from them to think they'll consistently be maybe a, a title challenger or even a top four. All right, moving on to the Sunday matches. Here we had. Uh, Leeds United versus Burnley. That was at 7 a.m. today. Leeds score five minutes in from a Patrick uh, Bamford penalty kick. Uh, and that was the only goal that stood uh, of the game here. Um, there was a goal that was scored uh, that was called back for a look like a, a foul um goalkeeper going for it uh they're they're saying the goalkeeper got fouled and that was uh called back i think there was another one called back as well here um sean dyche was not very happy with the referee at the end of the game even for the penalty that i thought was clearly a penalty here nick pope just comes out and, and takes bamford out uh he gets to the ball late he might get a little piece of the ball but he still gets to it late in the follow-through on Bamford is enough for me to think it's a penalty. Logan, your thoughts on if it was a penalty and uh, leads as a whole, and does Burnley have a right to be upset with the ref in this match? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it was as clear. Um, I, I mean, I didn't see it as much as uh, some other people might have, but um, I, again, I, I it's really tough with leads just because I, I, you know, talking less about the penalty and stuff. I, I think it's, it's tough with them because, like, they're good, and, and I think that they're clearly above the other five that are down there in relegation. But, I, you know, looking at leads, they, they get breaks like this, uh, it seems, often. Um, and when you do get breaks like this, I think it's enough to stay up above. And I don't know whether it's just their luck or, or if this is something that's, you know, that, that they look for um, when they play. Because it does seem like they... It, Bamford's always stepping up to take penalties. Um, it seems every week, um, but again, I, I didn't see too much into like it being um, a penalty. But again, that's it, my just my judgment. But um, I, I think Leeds actually do look decent enough to stay up above um, and, and in the Premier League. I, I don't. What I really don't get, I don't get why people. And I think because he's played some in the Premier League. I don't, who is he with? Because it says he's got games with. I don't remember him playing. Because he's Premier League, he was back in 2016, 2017. So that means he was with somebody, right? Who? Bamford. Which player? 
Patrick Bamford. Chelsea, wasn't he? Wasn't it Chelsea? Yeah, I don't think he ever Pats. really played for Chelsea, though. Because um, this is like he's got 14 appearances in 2016-2017. Yeah, he never made an appearance for Chelsea. He did uh, make an appearance for Palace, six appearances for Palace in 2015. Yeah. And 2016, he was on Norwich. I'm not sure if they were up in the Premier League at that point. Though. They were because he's like they're listed. He's listed because I'm looking at Thought Mob and it's underneath Premier League. And I can see where that like I think that's what they point to all the time, where he's only scored one goal uh, in 27 matches when he was up. Um, but he seems to be fine now. <laughs> like he he's got 10 goals. It's top five. He's a player like Werner. He needs a lot of chances to yeah. put them away, but he's getting those chances under Leeds. Yeah, and I think the most shocking thing of this match was not even the penalty. I think it's just the fact that Leeds held somebody to nil. I don't think I can remember a time when they've done that. Uh, I think it's been like three times this year, um, and they've really struggled to just hold people because the way they play with BL, so they just they, they're all over the place. Uh, Matt, any thoughts? Did you see the penalty or any of this Leeds match against Burnley? Um, I didn't. I slept through it. I was tired. Um, I, I read. I read the the the. How do you say his name? Dyche. Dyke. Sean. Sean Dyche. Yeah. Sean Dyche. I read his comment saying that he watched them let players play in the midfield on collisions such as that. Um. But the the still that I saw, the photo that I saw of it, did look like a penalty, um, and I, I feel like the the issue with the one issue I think we can kind of have seen with calls in the in the box between calls in midfield, I think it's more likely to be called in the box because not only is it more highlighted, it's more watched, and you know between that and VAR, you you're going to have people seeing it more likely than say a collision in midfield. Um, so, I mean, from what I could see, I, I, it seemed like a penalty, but I, I'm not really much else with the game. I, I honestly thought maybe Leeds would score a few more goals. So I kind of expected to see them with a, a pretty easy win. Um, Cause I, I don't think Burnley's a team. They should be You know, if they want to safely be up in the premier league i don't think uh a, t- a team like burnley is one that they can really lose to um so i mean it's it's good for them but i mean i it's, it doesn't seem like they were as impressive as they could have been all right let's move on here we have um west ham two, brighton two. uh 44 minutes in uh, we had Malpay score for Brighton, 60 minutes in. Ben Johnson for West Ham. Lewis Dunk, 70 minutes in for Brighton and 82 minutes in. So check for West Ham to give West Ham a point and Brighton a point. Brighton still four points behind Arsenal. Um, West Ham uh, in 10th place with 22 points. Uh, just any quick thoughts on this match at all, Logan? Uh, I, I think <laughs> it's so tough. I, Brighton is not a very good team, so this make this made it look even worse for West Ham. But West Ham really struggled without Antonio when he's not up top. Um, they rely on Socek, and Socek has scored four goals, which is I think the tide for the lead for their team. But no, nah, not too much on this. I I, I do think Brighton's going to be in that relegation fight. Um, 
and just collecting the point when I think that they looked even better at, at, at times um, just isn't a bright spot for them. Pun intended or? Yeah, completely. <laughs> completely, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Matt, anything on these before we move on to Liverpool? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree with Logan. I, I think he seems to have a really good um, – Seems to research Brighton really well. I don't know if Logan spends his free time. I'm a bright. bright He's a closeted Brighton fan. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a closeted fan. Um, But I I think in the end, they have to be happy with the point. But I I do think losing the lead twice is is pretty upsetting. I would feel um, for any team, whether it's even though it's only one goal, to to you know lose it twice, especially with where they're at. um, I. You know, it's something that's going to hurt them. It might not hurt them in the end, but when you have this kind of situation with a team, you really don't want to see yourself do that. And Brighton tend to seem to struggle a little bit with scoring goals, so getting two and still getting a draw out of it, I I feel like they'd be pretty disappointed with the result in the end. Um, But, you know, I I don't know. Maybe Logan was celebrating the result, you know, because he he celebrates Brighton, it seems like, more than City. But... (laughs) Um, true. But yeah, I mean that's that, that's my probably my only opinion on the game is just you know it, it it hurts them a little bit, not in the standings, but mentally I, I could see it doing some damage. Okay, so let's move on to Liverpool versus West Brom. It's Big Sam Allardyce's yeah, second let's match in charge of West Brom. He had a three nil loss last. Uh, last time out, but against Liverpool here, it's Liverpool 1, West Brom 1, 11.30 a.m. This game was 12 minutes in, Sadio Mane scored for Liverpool. And then 82 minutes in, uh, how do you say this, Ajaye? Ajaye? Um scores for West if it's Brom. it's anything like the former Miami Dolphins running back, it's Ajaye. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Uh, and he scores uh, for West Brom to make it 1-1. One, one. Uh Matt was slagging them off all day in our texts here, saying, you know, about their still, formation. I and... still will. <laughs> <laughs> My opinion on that is not going to change. Even Klopp did. Klopp was pissed. Of course, he's never happy about anything, really. I, I, I'm, I don't think he was pissed. I think I, I'll have my opinion on that. I don't think he was pissed, though. Well, go ahead. Give your opinion on it. Uh, I, I don't have much to say a, on this other than... <laughs> I'll, I'll respond to you. Frustration with him. I I think it's a it's a frustration that I I fully don't believe Klopp. You know Klopp style of football, and and honestly, you know it's not the same that it was when he initially got to Liverpool. It's not the guy getting pressed. It's not go all out attack. You know he he's learned with Liverpool how to play. They do have different styles within the same style, if that makes any sense. But I, the one thing he has never been able to break down is the sitting back low block. And if you look at some stills from this game, 100% they were playing a 6-4. I know that sounds crazy, but they were playing a 6-4, which you can't even – You have to. I think you have to make that a formation in Matt, uh, not Madden, in FIFA. Like, you, you can't just decide to play a 6-4. Like, you do that on purpose. And it, it worked, and – Sam, you know, Sam Allardyce did exactly what his team needed to do, which Klopp did, you know, Klopp and the Liverpool players said, listen, they got what they deserved because they stuck to their plan. 
But when teams play like this, and this is the exact same type of game that Liverpool deal with with Brighton, they deal with with Sheffield, they deal with uh, recently with Tottenham, you know, they dealt with it with Atletico earlier on in this year, pre-COVID. There's a, a type of style that I, I think Klopp likes to – I think Klopp, it, it's, it's almost maybe poor, but he likes the beauty of football. He likes to watch, you know, passing and attack and players playing together, going from defense to midfield to, to, to back. And whereas when he goes up against these teams, I think he he's just frustrated that – in this day and age, somebody can sit there and go, my plan is to, my plan is to do nothing and just hope that at some point I'm down by one or the game, we haven't given up a goal and I get like a nice header that goes the right way or I get a corner or a bad pass. And I mean, I'll have a very big complaint about Tottenham when we get to that game, but I, I think that's what he's saying. And that's what he doesn't like is he, these but what's wrong with that? They're... Not I, everybody has to play think... Klopp style of Well, no, of that's that thing football. is that I don't think he – I personally, I just think that's how Klopp views it. I don't think – in a way, is it right or wrong with teams playing different ways? It, it clearly isn't because everybody plays differently. To be completely honest, I personally, as a Liverpool fan, and majority of the Liverpool fans I have on Twitter and, you know, read every single one of these games, you, you can tell – how nervous like a lot of fans were more nervous for this game than they were for the um like the Leicester game or the Wolves game they were not excited about the chance of playing this game because one Sam Allardyce is the last manager to win a game at Anfield back in April of 2017 but they know how he plays and it, it is frustrating to watch as a Liverpool fan that low block where you know they just don't currently have the players healthy you know Keita and Thiago really to, to defeat that. And I think it's just, it's more of just a frustration because you, you want to see them maybe try to attack more and maybe open the game up, which is better for Liverpool. So I will say it's it, Liverpool fans are wanting to face a team that's going to play a style that benefits them, which I feel like everybody would want. So I, I just think that's where Klopp sees it is that he just gets frustrated watching games that he doesn't feel as though the manager is attempting as much as what he feels should be, happening in a soccer match yeah and what i would say to klopp is just you know get off your high horse on that uh if that's if that's your because not everybody has the players to play that way and also if they open them up they end up like leads where they end up giving up you know three goals against uh, a superior opponent because they don't have the uh they don't have the ability to play that way. Um, so my, and, I mean, my question to that though would then be take both these teams and hypothetically, let's say West Brom and look, kind of taking players somewhat out of the account. What, what play style is better for some of these lower teams? Like, cause we feel pretty confident in leads. However, they're not really up there in the points. Like they're pretty much in the same realm as, you know, the Brightons and the Arsenals and, and the Burnleys, but they have such a different play style. And yet somehow that we, we view that play style and think that's why they're going to be able to, to get through because they play an attacking play style where they can score some goals. Yeah. They're going to lose six to two, but then at the same time, because they play this way, if things go right, they could, you know, they drew Man City 
but they they looked more threatening. You know, West Brom drew Man City because they I I don't even think the goal was like a, a easy goal. I felt like that if I remember correctly, it was kind of just like a great play by a by somebody. I don't even know who scored the goal for West Brom in that game. But like I I guess that's kind of where it's you know the play styles are are so different, but would you rather be a team? Would you rather be rooting for like a Leeds where you go into the game going, you know, this is going to be exciting. We might win by three. We might lose by seven, but I always feel like we have a shot. Or do you want to root for like the West Broms, Burnleys, Brightons, where you're kind of like, we need to make sure that we don't give up two goals because we're going to sit back and just hope for a mistake. And if it gets to that point, they're not going to have that mistake. You know, I, I think, I just think that's where it's his frustration comes from. And, I, I guess I would wonder where would you kind of stand on that? I mean, for me, it, yes. Would I rather be a fan of Leeds than West Brom? Absolutely, because of their style of play. But if I'm a manager of West Brom and I can't play like Leeds and I'm playing against Liverpool, the top team in the league that just destroyed Palace 7-0, I'm going to sit back and I'm going to, yeah, I'll play a 6-4. Well, I don't give a shit. I'll do whatever it takes to get a point or th- all three if I can stop you from scoring or if I can, you know, stop you, limit you to one uh, that I can maybe then have a chance of getting a draw or a nil-nil draw. I Like, it's going to be, look, I don't expect West Brom to play this same way against, you know, if they go up against Burnley. Uh you know, for me, if it's I'm gonna if I'm the manager, I'm taking it case by case of team by team of uh, who I'm playing against and what are the chances. Oh yeah, Liverpool. Liverpool just scored seven against Crystal Palace, who has a better defense than us. Then I'm gonna sit us back. Uh, you know, at this point, West Brom has the worst goal differential in the league, so they have to start getting some better results and getting. Even if even if they had lost one nil, that's that's helping their goal differential. That if it comes down to it at the end of the season, if they can get their defense in shape and not give up all of those uh, goals against certain teams, then they would have a shot. If they went out there and gave up seven to Liverpool today, then you would they would be done. Even if they you know like they would then have to rely on points. But if they can somehow even just tie and they had a better goal differential because some of these teams start leaking goals and they're playing more sound uh, defensive soccer, then then that's what it's going to have to take. And um, yeah, it's not fun to watch. It's not fun to watch if you're a supporter of West Brom. It's not fun to watch if you're playing against West Brom. And it's not fun to watch if you're a neutral. But if I'm the manager, I'm not getting paid to make soccer fun to watch. I'm getting paid to keep this team up in the Premier League and have West Brom keep that money. Any thoughts, Logan? Yeah, I, I agree with, with George. I mean, I, I think, like, if you look at Leeds, Leeds has people that can attack. West Brom don't have that luxury of having guys that can just score. Like, they've got no Bamford out there, so they're going to have to come up with a way. And they only really do this against the big teams. Like, they did it against City, where they parked six back there, and it worked because De Bruyne wasn't playing. So and not playing well, but you know I think with sides like this, like if I was playing against Liverpool against those small teams, I would absolutely run five or six back in that back because I know they can't break me down. The only way they're going to beat me is have Salah or Mane run wild on me, um, and playing six back there, I've got six guys that can try to cover 
him and they can cover Robinson and they can cover, you know, the guys running down the side. So, I mean, it's just not, it's not fun to watch. No, it's horrible. Cause I think it was 18% possession in the first half and then 20 something in the next. Um, that's not going to be fun football. Cause it's just Liverpool trying to dissect every part of that defense. But when they couldn't do it, it gave opportunities to West Brom. Like there's no other way they would got one point at Anfield besides playing the way that they did. And, and, what you said, I think Allardyce comes in and his whole role is is panic button, just keep us up in the Premier League. And I think that Billich would not have done that. Billich was much more of, hey, let's go out there and see if we can just run, you know, the same kind of styles that, that we can in the attack. Um, that, I'm not sure they're quite equipped for that. So, yeah, I, I don't like I think it's frustrating for the big clubs because we get there and like, God, that's a supporting game to watch because they just sit there. Um, but that's the only way they're going to collect points, and they've done so against all of our teams. So uh, kudos to them, I guess. And even then, they should have beat Chelsea. They were up 3-0. <laughs> and they had chances to beat City, too, and Liverpool. So, I mean, I think, yeah, it's it's horrible to watch, and none of us liked it, probably. But they sure the hell should have beat us and City, or Chelsea, at least. Uh, so, Matt, you can go off here on Spurs in a second here. We got Wolves 1, Spurs 1, uh, which both of you and you and Logan predicted here. Uh, one minute in, Ndombele uh, scores to make it 1-0 uh, to Spurs, and then 86 minutes in, Size scores for Wolves. Uh, Matt called this during our group chat as well. So, Matt, give us your full take here on Tottenham. So, Tottenham are, like... <laughs> so here, here, here's my issue. So I, I totally I agree, Aurora. I know, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we did. Um, so I, I definitely understand where you guys come from with you know West Brom not playing like Leeds because they don't have the the talent. They don't, and you know it's the same with Burnley's and the Brightons. You know they don't have the talent to do it. They probably wish they could. Now Tottenham, Tottenham play like a play style like a bottom half team with actual talent. And I think that might be more frustrating than any of it because at every single game I've watched recently with them, it's the exact same thing. They either, they basically try to score quick and, you know, first couple of minutes by, you know, just general run of play. They, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, you know, it worked against to Wolves today. It worked against, um, the wood, I think it would, uh, Palace, you know, they, and even then I, I, I didn't see the Tottenham goal cause I was trying to get it up on my computer and it wasn't running quick enough. Um, but the Palace one, it was like a, a fairly long shot that the goalkeeper kind of made a mess of. Um, and then I don't know what it is, but they just sit back. I understand it's Jose and you know, it's kind of his style, but they just sit back. And after they scored that first goal, I, I had no thought that they were going to score a second one. And after, after I saw 1-0, I was like, we're going to about to watch Tottenham just kind of sit back, try to counter if it works. If it doesn't, they're still not going to be too concerned. And then Wolves, if they turn any type of offense into a goal, it's going to happen at the very end. And then Tottenham are going to try like hell to, to score a winning goal with like three, four minutes left instead of trying to put it out of, out of reach when they could have earlier in the game. And I, I, you know, I, I just don't get it. I, I understand that's how Jose plays. And I, I've never been a fan of a Jose-led team. So maybe, you know, Jordan, you definitely probably have more experience with watching him. 
but I, I don't get playing that way when you have talent. And I think that's, that's a, it's affecting them. I, I truly believe it's affecting them because in the game against Palace, they, you know, had plenty of time to get that second goal and they just kind of sat back and Palace hurt them for it. Um, and the game against, you know, Leicester was a different game. They just, they fell behind and, you know, they, they don't know how to come back, I, I believe, to a game that's, you know, a couple goals down. But against Liverpool, you know, they scored pretty quickly after Liverpool scored. But before the goal and after the goal, Tottenham kind of played as though the draw was okay. Um, I felt the same way against Chelsea. Tottenham played as though the draw was okay. And then today, Wolves had plenty of attack. I honestly, you know, watching Podence, watching Traore on the wing, I Wolves could have scored a good three or four goals because of how many chances they had because Tottenham just let the other team have the ball. And I... I don't think you can get top four, which is what Jose is going to be going for here, if they keep playing that way. He needs to get a little bit more aggressive, especially when you have Kane and Son and Lucas on the bench and La Celso, and they have talent, but I just feel like his style of play is overriding the talent that, that he has. And it, it, just, it, it annoys me because I think, obviously I don't want them to win as a Liverpool fan, but they're a good team. And I feel like as a good team, you need to start playing at least a style that's going to end up getting you more than a draw because you just didn't go for the kill at that point. You know, you're not going for the kill. You're just kind of hoping for the best. Yeah, I mean, this is not how he always was. I mean, he's always, you know, preferred defense at at times, but it was never... uh, to the extent that it is now. Uh, and it really, even then, it seems like it's only been in these last few games recently. Because uh, there were some games earlier this year where they were scoring for fun. Uh, but now, I'm not sure if it's part of his plan with you know this Christmas, New Year's crunch period where he's trying to you know keep the squad um, energized, healthy, not having to exert a bunch of energy and hopefully still get those one nils. Uh, I'm not really certain because his first stint at Chelsea while, you know, was was not as, I mean, it was very good defense as well, but they also scored quite a bit. Uh, You know, even at Real Madrid, I don't think he was as defensive. Inter Milan, he was, you know, defensive a lot. Um, His second stint at Chelsea, kind of more defensive, but, you know, he had players like, hazard and stuff and and they didn't just score one and sit back the whole game either so i'm not really sure where this is coming from uh recently but uh they got to figure it out here they've they've dropped to eighth before or sixth before they're up to fifth now with 26 points but they're only above city right here and city have that game in hand so uh we'll see how that goes manchester united is right above them with that game in hand as well that could push United up to second place. Um, so I guess we'll see. Logan, any thoughts on on that Tottenham and Jose um, matchup? Uh, you know, Jose Spurs here. And and I think part of it is their reliance on Kane and Son. When when those two don't create and score, you're not getting anything else. It's just like we've said multiple times. Um, when you've got 20 goals and you've only scored 26 and it's mostly an open play that they score, the only two that are playing an open play right now when you do watch them is Kane and Son running away. So, I mean, when you play like that, 
um, and, and that's shut down, and, and you're not creating those chances to get out on the counter, uh, I think it is troublesome. And, and when you sit back and, and you just let teams just do whatever they want, I, I, I like Matt said, they need to be a little bit more aggressive as far as creating some kind of attack when they're not countering. Because when the, when you when you have games like this and you can't counter against Wolves, um, you're really going to struggle to score. And, and the Belay one was, I mean, that goal probably goes in one out of every 10 times he takes it because it was just kind of a weird goal. Um, the keeper looked completely blinded. Um, so, I, you know, I, I am in the in the agreeance with Matt. Like, I, I'm not sure that, like, it does work some, obviously, but I don't think it's, it's a thing that you can sustain and be successful for years uh, just because I don't think it's that type of style that, that really works with this kind of uh, premier league and, uh, and the way the other teams score. If you can't keep up with them in scoring, you're, you're just never going to compete. All right. So let's take a look at the top four Liverpool in first with 32 points, Everton in second with 29 Leicester in third with 28 Manchester United in fourth with 27 in that game in hand. Spurs in fifth with 26. Manchester City in sixth with 26 in a game in hand. Aston Villa in seventh with two games in hand. And Chelsea in eighth with 25. Um, Relegation, Sheffield still with their two points. West Brom with eight. And Fulham with 11 points. Uh, Golden Boots still stays here with Mo Salah, and then Calvert-Lewin with 11, Sun with 11, Vardy with 11, Salah has 13. Uh, So let's just take a quick preview here. Uh, I don't think we're going to do predictions this week. Um, Crystal Palace on Monday versus Leicester, and I actually have what channel this is on too. Let me just get that for you here. They just posted it. Uh, So that's going to be on NBCSN. At 10 a.m. on Monday. At 12.30 p.m. on Monday, it's Chelsea versus Aston Villa. That's on NBCSN. Then at 3 p.m., it's Everton versus Man City on Peacock. Tuesday is Brighton versus Arsenal at 1 p.m. That's on NBCSN. Also at 1 is Burnley versus Sheffield, Southampton versus West Ham, West Brom versus Leeds, and that's all on Peacock. And at 3 p.m., Manchester United versus Wolves on NBCSN. Then Wednesday, December 30th, Tottenham at 1 p.m., facing off against Fulham, NBCSN. 3 p.m., Newcastle versus Liverpool. That's on NBCSN. And that is our Wednesday games. And then there's more games on Thursday. uh, There's no games on Thursday. Then there's games on New Year's Day. So maybe we can put something together for Thursday or we'll have to do, you know, reviewing these, uh, in another two block long episode. We'll figure it out. Uh, any last thoughts here on any of these upcoming matches, which one you're looking the most forward to? Yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to see if, if Everton can play against city and not just because city, I, I do want to see Everton uh, against top teams. Cause I think that's going to be important to their title run. If they want to stay up in the top four, um, they got to be teams like city and I'm not sure they can. Yeah. I'm looking forward to Chelsea versus Aston Villa, not just cause I'm a Chelsea fan, but Villa can play yeah, well. And I'm one. interested to see if Pulisic starts or not and has his fourth straight start and see how that works out. Because uh, they're trying to be careful with him, I would think. But also, when he's not on the pitch, uh, they they don't 
get a lot going at times when him and Zayek are not on the pitch. They're like the two people that have really been really great for them this year uh, and see if Werner starts and see if Frank can get himself out of this uh, mess that they're in. Uh, Matt, any match that you're looking particularly forward to? Um, I'm, I'm actually kind of excited to watch the Everton uh, City game as well. Um, I'm just interested to see how how Everton play in a game like that. Um, I, I I am somewhat excited for the Liverpool game, more so because I it can't it might be the return of Thiago, and it's it'd be a very welcome sight to to see him um, playing. I think it, it it would be from the bench, but to see him play would definitely be it'd be exciting because he's been the best player on the Liverpool side the one and a half games he's gotten to play. Um, so I, I, I'm definitely excited to see a, a creative midfielder playing. Um, it's just something they need and it's going to be huge going forward. If you want to watch Tiago play, you can watch the real Tiago play Tiago Silva starting for Chelsea. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> nah, <laughs> I'm going to watch uh, my Tiago. Finally. <laughs> You could oh, watch well. Arsenal and Brighton battle it out for relegation because they. There you go. That's a big one for Arsenal. Do you play it the young is. players uh, yeah. that did so well against Chelsea? I would say yes. Right. I don't, oh, I don't play Aubameyang. No. Um, it, it, you Sell know, him in January. Right. Right. Make some money and then you know yeah. work on. He hasn't really given you yeah. much anyway. So. Yeah. Tomorrow's games are are honestly really impressive. I. Yeah. All three of them. Yeah, they are. I, I think Palace Palace will give Leicester a game. Um, Tuesday, really, the only game that screams exciting or like actually, you know, big is United Wolves. And um, I hate watching United rest- play, so I'm probably not even really going to pay and much Wolves attention. Wolves is to that. tough to watch. <laughs> Wolves is tough to watch without at without times. Yeah. yeah, it it'll be interesting to watch Fulham Tottenham. Um, yeah, I, I do think they that could be an interesting yeah. game because yeah. the way Fulham's played recently. So there you go. We named almost every game there for there uh, interesting go. stuff to watch. Where's well, Sheffield no. play? <laughs> There's playing? a lot of relegation. There's a lot of relegation fodder on Tuesday. Oh, there Brighton, we go. Arsenal, yeah. Burnley, Sheffield. Relegation that's, battles. That's kind of bland. <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps us up here. Uh, we are. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at stoppage time or stoppage show sorry uh facebook.com slash stoppage time soccer show email us at stoppage time show at gmail.com uh we are giving away edison cavani funko pop we'll be posting that uh let's post it this week i guess i'll take a picture of it we'll post it this week and in that tweet will be the time frame for how long you have to do the steps there to have a shot at entering and winning this Edison Cavani PSG Bunko Pop. And uh, we will catch you all uh, sometime either this week or later uh, breaking down these games over the New Year period. Have a happy New Year. Kane has stolen it at the death! That's what he's there for! Thank you for listening to stoppage time soccer show we hope that you continue to listen to our show and listen to us recap the english premier league from our perspective we'll also be talking some champions league and any other leagues that impact world soccer